You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun, senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to week three of the NFL season and the wing foot locks. We are coming to you later than usual in the week, and we are sorry for that, but we are going to have as many winners, if not more, than we did last week to keep it going on the positive track. And we've got Greg Hoyle back with us live, Chris Bortente. We've got his picks via video, so you'll hear those as well, and we will pick them apart. But let's get right to it. Greg, I know there's a lot of games that you like on, on the slate this week. Which one do you want to start with? Yeah, I want to start with so we can get over with, but I'm going to I'm gonna take the points with Detroit, um, and I'm just going to swoop in here. So the Eagles just have cluster injuries, a defensive tackle, wide receiver. I think they're going to look a lot better with the game plan um, this week, being able to actually lay out a game plan. I don't yet know if Goddard is going to play on tight end. I think that would be helpful, but Detroit's really good about the the run, um, and that means that the Philly game plan likely should lean on throwing the ball around, and I just don't really like that. And on the flip side, um, Detroit, I think, can hurt Philly on – um, in the secondary, Darby's been getting abused uh, by wide receivers, Galladay, Marvin Jones. I think those are a couple of good wide receivers there. So, you know, if you, we are looking, I think we're looking at a tight game. And in the worst case situation, uh, Philly likes to play those stupid sticks defense there, uh, giving up some pretty chunk plays um, and they'll slide into a, a prevent. So the back door might be open, but I think this game's going to be closer. I like Philly to win, but I would definitely, if you caught it early and got the seven, great, but I'll still take it at six, hold my nose, and, and move on. <laughs> I'm going to touch on a couple things. I know you want to get off picking against uh, your Eagles here, but uh, they had a rough game on Monday night against Atlanta. A lot of injuries, including Carson Wentz, who went out and missed the series, and Jim Schwartz this week, I think, uh, excuse me, uh, has said that he they lost Malik Jackson as well, which is going to put a lot of pressure on their secondary if they can't get pressure on the quarterback. What did you make of the injuries they had in that game against the Falcons and the final outcome there? Yeah, so first off, Sunday night game. So they're on, they're on full rest, but it was a, a physical game. And I think the biggest letdown, and Chris is going to handicap this in his, I think the biggest impact you're going to see is really the appearance that we get on Atlanta. The fact that Philly still had a chance to win that game is an indictment on Matt Ryan, not hitting wide open receivers. Uh, Malik Jackson was out after week one. It's Timmy Jernigan who ended up in a walking boot, and that's your second defensive tackle. So you're going to be looking at fourth and fifth D tackles out there with Fletcher Cox. Um, so that's why we're talking about, you know, I, I don't know that the pass rush is going to get home. They only have they only have two sacks so far this season, right? So if you're looking at a, a fourth and a fifth D tackle here. So I think they know the injuries, so they'll be able to scheme for it a lot better. 
Um, and I think Atlanta got him in a good situation because most of those injuries happened either during the game or in the first, you know, in the first quarter or during warmups. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't like that, that D tackle Malik Jackson is, is out for the season. Timmy Jernigan's in a walking boot. I don't know how long he's out for, uh, but yeah, that's 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 not good. And one more note from this week: Doug Peterson opting to go with walkthroughs instead of full practice for the team, which means he's fully aware how banged up those guys are this week. Uh, so the play is. Yeah, we, go ahead. We're talking about practice. Yes, we're talking about practice this week. Hey, I think that practice, could be a big role with a lot of guys in roles that traditionally they're not. Uh, used to like Nelson Aguilar moving into the number one spot, possibly with uh, Alshon Jeffrey and, and Deshaun Jackson down. That's a whole different route tree that you got to be looking at there. And uh, Ag- Aguilar is going to stay in in the um, in the slot. You're going to see Hollins and Orsego Whiteside. If they stay heavy on uh, Aguilar and Ertz, like they did in the second half, right? So Philly had a good second half, right? But uh, Again, I think the Lions are going to see it coming. So it's going to be a lot of Aguilar, a lot of Ertz. I think both teams are going to score, um, but six six is way too many. All right. There it is, and that's from a Phillies fan, folks. So uh, take the points and go with Detroit at six. You might want to bump it up to seven if you can get it. Now, Greg, you mentioned that Chris has a play on the game that correlates with this based on the – Eagles and Falcons last week. So we're going to go to his pick in Indianapolis as they host the Atlanta Falcons this week. What's up, everybody? Happy Saturday. Sorry I can't be with you guys live this week, but nevertheless, I got this week's games broken down and a few games we're ready to lock up. So why don't we get started and ready to roll? So right off the bat, I like this week. Okay, I like the Indianapolis Colts. All right, the Colts are playing at home against the Atlanta Falcons. The line opened up at three. It's already down to one and a half, and I've seen it in one at some places. That line dropping is a complete overreaction to the Falcons getting off the schneid last week. The Falcons played well, and they won what I deem to be a must-win game. But they also played against a Philadelphia team that I had a feeling they were going to be out of sync on the road, and they were. And all the injuries they encountered last week didn't help, and that aided in Atlanta getting that big win. I think Atlanta's going to go into the Colts this week and go back, revert back to the form that they were in the first couple of weeks, and I think they're going to have some trouble. Not to mention that the Falcons are 1-9 and nine straight up and 0-10 and against the spread in their past 10 games against AFC teams, okay? And in addition to that, the Colts are 4-1 against the spread as well as straight up in the past five games against AFC NFC teams. Now I go. I know those numbers are based on Andrew Luck being the quarterback, but again, Jacoby Brissett is not that bad, and the Colts with Brissett aren't as bad as most people think. So hop on the Colts, laying the one and a half, and lock it up. Yeah, I like the pick. Um, I already just kind of touched on the the fact that I think the Atlanta team you know basically gets some pretty good perception but they eked out a win at home quite frankly if if Aguilar catches that ball fading down the sideline we might be talking about a much different spread um, here going on and Atlanta rolling into this game 0-2 um, so yeah give me give me the Colts at home uh, I'm, I'm pretty impressed this is kind of you know fade against Atlanta, but I, I think the Colts have looked pretty good. Um, good, at, pretty good at the Chargers. Uh, played a good game, um, and, and I definitely like um, them to come out and win at home. 
one of the things from that Eagles game is Atlanta got a ton of pressure uh, up from their front four. Do you think that's more? Do you think that says something about Atlanta's line? And how much better do you think Indianapolis's line is than Philly's when it's going to come to protecting Jacoby Brissett in this case? So as far as the rankings, they're ranked pretty similar. Um, if you go back and look at the Atlanta game, Isaac Samalu is a guy on Philly that's taking a ton of heat. Basically, it's a, the left guard that that was uh, turnstile there. So I, I just think there that was, uh, again, just a little amplified from really one guy um, lacking. I, I mean, the Colts, everyone, you, you guys saw what Marlon Mack did week one there and the, and the Colts. Um, you know, offensive line is, is highly ranked. That's why everyone liked Marlon Mack and the Colts going into this year. So that offensive line hasn't changed. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they've had any major injuries on it. No, so, they're still very healthy. Yeah, and at home, you're not going to have the noise or anything like that, right, that that you would get in Atlanta, um, you know, messing up the, the offensive line on the other team. So, yeah, I, I would definitely, you know, fade Atlanta coming off of a, a big win there. Um, and these look pretty good. One more question for you on this. Do you think something is wrong with Matt Ryan? He has turned the ball over a ton. You mentioned he missed some open receivers deep at home in that game against the Eagles. He doesn't look like the quarterback that he's been in years past. Mm, no no reported injuries. I'm not going to speculate. Um, so no, no comments. All right. All right. We will see where that turns into. With that, I think the marquee matchup uh, of the week might be the Baltimore Ravens heading to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. This will be the home opener. Oh, yeah, one more note that we wanted. This is the home opener for a couple teams this week, including Indianapolis, and also for Kansas City as the Chiefs host the Ravens. Chris has a play on this one, and it actually includes the Wingfoot Lock, so let's go to him and see what he has to say on this. Really, really like this week the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens getting six and a half points on the road from the Kansas City Chiefs is this week's wing foot lock. All right, now let me tell you something. The Chiefs are tough. They're a tough out, I understand. And the Chiefs are nine and one straight up at home, but in the last 10 games, but the Chiefs in the last 10 games against the spread, only six and four, okay? Not that great. Also, the Ravens, okay? are 10-4-1 against the spread in their last 15 road games. Those are some good, good numbers. And the last time, last year, when the Ravens played Kansas City, they hung tough and they lost a tough, tough, tough battle, 27-24 in overtime. And the Ravens this year are a completely different team. I think everybody's pictured a shootout this year, back and forth, a shootout this year, this Sunday, back and forth, and when you picture shootouts, you picture Mahomes at home in Kansas City, and you say he can't be beat, okay, and I understand all that, but I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think they're going to, the same way they shocked everybody in the first two games of Ravens by going to the aerial attack when everybody was expecting ground, I think this week they go to the ground. I think they, uh, they, they fall on that ground game with Lamar. And the Ravens, and I think that they use big-time play action and, and use big-time plays down the field off the run to expose that weak secondary of Kansas City. And I think they use that to hang in the game. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth battle, and I think it's going to come down to the wire, and I think six-and-a-half is too, too much. I'm not sure the Ravens can win this game. 
but I think this game comes down to the wire. So I say take the six and a half points and lock it up because that's the wing foot lock of the week. The Baltimore Ravens getting six and a half on the road in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, give me give me the points, right? If you're a football fan, which, you know, I know all of us are, uh, this is a, a great game to watch. I think the narrative is a little too easy that uh, Baltimore is going to control the game, keep Mahomes off the field with the run game. I don't know. I like this kind of going back and forth, and I think it's kind of a last team with the ball, um, is going to win the game type of situation. So when we're in that type of situation, I want the points. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, I think it'll probably be a touchdown that, that puts somebody ahead. Um, but it's, you know, down by three, win by four type of situation. Uh, the, the Ravens have looked good. I know it hasn't been great competition, but they've looked good. Uh, Chiefs have looked good as well. Um, so where I like both teams and I think it's, yeah, it could be a, a coin flip game. Give me give me the six points, and I might even sprinkle a little on the uh, Baltimore money line. All right, so this is really interesting because if you like this, you got to jump on it. Six and a half might be hard to find right now. Uh, it's down to six. Some places, five and a half, a lot of places. Is there a point where you like to swing the line and say you would go over to Kansas City if this drops to a point where there's value then on the Chiefs? Because it's, it's fallen, and it seems like more and more money's coming in on Baltimore right now. Yeah, not not gonna not gonna lay that many points. I, I mean, if I'm looking at something, and we talked about this as well, I'd go over. Um, if that keeps going down, I know that's probably sharper money pushing it down from the initial 55. Uh, but there's, I'm not gonna lay um, that amount of points. Baltimore has looked good, um, so I'll just take the points or stay away. One big thing in this, as we mentioned, is the fact that it's a home opener for Kansas City. Kansas City is a tough place to play. Sure is. How much do you weigh that, that it's the home opener at Arrowhead for the Chiefs? Uh, I would say it's same same advantage, right? It's always Arrowhead's probably one of those places that's a maybe a three-and-a-half or a four um, versus a three, but I'm, I, that's speculation. I'm have the data from last year. I don't know if you have that on you of, you know, how they, how tough they were at home versus, uh, versus on the road last year. Um, so I know everyone just says Arrowhead's a tough place to play, but they got beaten the AFC championship game there. So to the new England Patriots, <laughs> which yeah. makes a perfect segue for us. I was going to make one more comment, but you, you lined it up too easy for me. The new England sure. Patriots, 21 and a half, 22, somewhere in that range, more than three touchdown favorites against the New York jets who just looked awful on Monday night football. But you like a play in the total on this one, Greg, what do you like and why? Yeah. Under 44. Um, so basically, I, again, thank, thankfully the circus is going out of town, right? So AB is out of there. You know, call call that whatever you want to call it. It's it's a it's a top ten wide receiver leaving the team. I'm sure they were planning on having him for at least the first half of the week. Um, so that kind of you know messes things up a little bit. But that's that's beyond the the point. They they game script on defense. They're great defense. Uh, they're going to load up to stop Le'Veon Bell, third string um, quarterback with Falk over there. I just don't see how the Jets score. So the Patriots, much better team at New England, much better defense, I'm sorry, and offense than 
than Cleveland. I think they're just going to, you know, basically uh, my, my concern is as they take the air out of the ball, um, that they'll, you know, run the ball into the end zone. But I, I think you're looking at more of like a, you know, 31 to six, 31 to three, um, 38 to three still, still works. I just don't see how the jets, um, put seven on the board. Um, so I'm going to bet against them, them putting seven on the board, <laughs> which they didn't do last week. So there you go. In fact, their, their offense has one touchdown this season in a two point conversion, the defense and CJ Mosley, obviously scoring the other one, a couple notes on this game. So the number right now at 44, new England is really banged up on the offensive line. I think three linemen are either out or doubtful for this week, uh, which could be a big thing because as bad as the Jets looked on Monday night, their defense was still playing tough. You take away that 89-yard uh, quick slant to Odell Beckham Jr., and all of a sudden, you know what, it's a 16-17, it's a uh, it goes 16-3 rather than 23-3. That game looks a little bit closer. They were fighting the whole time. Jamal Adams is going to be fired up this week after he got that fine, that absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous fine, in my opinion. I don't think it was a penalty. Forget the fine that they hit him with there. Uh, that defense has been really solid, and Greg Williams is going to bring pressure on Tom Brady. We know he's not mobile. And they've got the young players to be able to bring pressure right up the middle in Brady's face with uh, Leonard and Quinn and Williams, which I believe both are expected to play this week. So that could be a difficult time just to make Brady uncomfortable. I am in no way, shape, or form calling for an upset here by the New York Jets because I agree with you completely. I don't know how they're going to score. Even if they get into field goal range, do you really trust Sam Ficken? I mean, he was three for six, I think, in his career in uh, Los Angeles with the Rams before he came over to the Jets. And, I mean, he hit one last week. But but I don't have confidence for if, if it's a long kick for him uh, this week. So, look, I'm, I'm picturing something along those lines, the 24-3, to 3, somewhere in that range. Uh, so I agree with you. I, I love the under in this one even more than I love the Jets with the points. But I think they do end up covering in this one as well. Uh, under 44 in the... Pats versus the Jets this week. All right, I want to move to the opposite coast where the Steelers are hoping Rudolph can guide their slate of victory for the first time this season as oh, Mason man. Rudolph. Oh, you don't like that? Boo. <laughs> well, this is your play here. So Mason Rudolph at the helm <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they head out to San Francisco, who are having their home opener uh, as they started the first two weeks on the road and the 49ers there. This number, about around six and a half, there are some sevens out there, so shop around for that. But you like the Steelers in this one, Greg. Why? Yeah, the Steelers are going to bet on their team by trading away their first-round pick to, to pick up Minka Fitzpatrick. They know a lot more than I do, right? But, you know, logic would tell me if they're doubling down after their quarterback goes out, uh, I should be scooping up seven points, right? So, you know, we're, we're not even talking about a win here. We're talking about lose within a touchdown. So, um, you know, your, your starting quarterback goes out, your team still trades away their first round draft pick to pick up secondary help. Um, I like the backup. He came in, played well. He probably got no reps that entire week, almost pulled out. You know, if, 
hopefully they're benching uh, what's his name, that terrible wide receiver on their team at this oh, point. Oh my goodness, Dante uh, Mon- Moncrief. Mon- Moncrief, yeah. I mean, you don't have him, you know, tossing balls into the hands of the other team. We might be talking about a different story. So um, I think they're going to rally behind him. Uh, seven points. I mean, congrats on San Fran. This is one of those situations where it's the the first home game. They're probably smelling themselves, thinking that they're they're pretty good, right? I like that. You know, I, I like that, and that's probably why I'm getting smelling the seven themselves. Points. That that is absolutely, a term. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So we want the seven points. I, I quite frankly like them on the field because I'm just still not convinced. Uh, you know, there's not a ton that's changed, and you know what? If I'm if I'm wrong and Mason Rudolph looks terrible, well, shame on me. But I don't, I, you know, he didn't look terrible in his first, uh, you know, forced into action. Uh, and I think we, we're going to have ourselves a, a good game. I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully the quarterback play is not going to be too terrible. I, I'm still not 100% confident in Jimmy G at this point. So right. give me seven. Um, I like it. And let's uh, let's see if the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers can pick up their first W. I think they're going they're they're an animal backed into a corner here. I think they're gonna they're gonna play pretty tough. Are you going with outright on this one? Uh, you sprinkle give me, salt give, 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 give me the seven points. I'd rather have them outright than uh, than Baltimore. Okay, uh, because I'd I'd rather pick against them. So let me let me flip that from earlier. I'll, I'll only take my points on the Ravens. Uh, I'll do a little outright action on the field for uh, the Steelers going there and just sprinkle it in there. I'm good with that. Awesome. All right, so a couple notes on this game here. San Francisco, at least when you look at the level of competition for both of these teams, San Francisco opened the season against Tampa Bay, uh, which is kind of still up in the air on what kind of team Tampa Bay is going to be this year. And then they went to— No, it's not. They're awful. Oh, well— We'll see this week. This week we'll get to that in just a second. But the uh, and then San Francisco went to Cincinnati and beat up on them. But the big thing in both of those games are turnovers. They have won the turnover battle handily and scored points on defense. So that's a big thing for Pittsburgh this week is that they're going to have to protect the ball. And I think that they might even go with a little bit more conservative game plan here uh, with Rudolph and getting his first start. And I think that plays in their favor if they can uh, not turn the ball over. Also, for San Francisco, big loss on their offensive line. Joe Staley not going to play in this one. And he is a perennial pro bowler. That could be interesting to see how the offensive line has to shift to make up for that. And if the Steelers can get pressure on Jimmy G, as you said, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't have complete faith in Jimmy G yet. So I, I like this pick as well. I don't think I'm going to be able to go and say outright with you, but I'll I'll take the six and a half or seven points. Either, either one for me. Obviously, I like it more with a touchdown. Load up. Load up. Load up. All right. So you mentioned Tampa Bay being a terrible team, and that goes well to my next game because they will play host to the New York Giants this week and Daniel Jones getting his first start at QB. The Giants right now are plus six. I love this. I loved it at six and a half. Uh, if you could push it up to seven, by all means. But I'll take the Giants and the six points. There are a couple things here that work in Tampa Bay's favor. Obviously, they're coming off long rest playing the Thursday night game against Carolina, uh, in which I think the, the Panthers basically just totally got away from their game plan. They had Cam Newton throw the ball 50 times 
against the Buccaneers, and that is not their strength anymore. I think Christian McCaffrey is is where their strength is, and Cam Newton, obviously, we know was injured now for part of that game at the very least, and the Panthers just did not look like a team that had any fight left in them. Uh, so very interesting. This here with the Giants, we have seen everything on the field, and they have looked terrible, right? At least when it comes to the final scores. But there have been some bright spots and some other things to note about the Giants. Last week, I loved the Bills, buried the Bills against the Giants. However, they were without four well, they had three and a half wide receivers, I'll say, out because uh, they did give it a go. I believe it was Cody Latimer who was questionable who gave it a go. But he's back 100% this week. They get Sterling Shepard back this week, two weapons that Eli didn't have. I think the team gets amped up a little bit with Daniel Jones in there because he looked very good in the preseason. They are optimistic. And the offensive line has has been solid. They have been solid. There's been a lot of drops by the wide receivers. Eli hasn't had to chuck and duck as much as he as he needed to previously. So you give me Saquon Barkley behind that offensive line. You give me an amped up team that is going to rally around this quarterback with getting two extra weapons back that Eli didn't have. And I think that the Giants are going to be able to exploit a Tampa Bay defense that was very blitz heavy. I feel like every drive for Carolina started with a 20 or 30 yard play in the second half. They just couldn't finish uh, and get it into the end zone. So I'll take the Giants on the road and le- uh, plus the six points against the Buccaneers this right this week. I think the Giants take this one out right, Greg. Oh, oh, look at you. All right, so have, go ahead. Tell I, me why I'm the, wrong. <laughs> no, I have no, I have no uh, inclination to go against you. I don't think Tampa's a good team despite the win. I don't like the the long rest. Uh, I'm just not going to bet on the Giants to win. I I, I want to see how the young guy looks. Uh, he looked good in preseason, but. You know, that doesn't really mean a lick. But, uh, yeah, I have, I, I'm have. i not going to go against you. I, I like points. But would you rather six and a half with the Giants on the road or Pittsburgh on the road? That's that's all I'll say. I think the teams are pretty pretty similar right now. How about that? I think the Giants and the Steelers, no. and, and look, their opponents are pretty similar. Tampa Bay and, and San Francisco played week one until those two pick sixes that San Francisco had. That game was, you know, right there. Uh, so if Jameis Winston can turn the ball over uh, to the Giants, and we know he's been he's been inconsistent at best throughout his career, I think there's an um, opportunity, especially coming off a good game that he just played. You think Jameis Winston can put back-to-back games together? I think it's very similar plays, but you're right. The extra half-point shoot, if you can get a whole nother point at seven, that, that's a key number right there. So. I'm, go- I'm going to tweet at the Steelers that you just said that they're basically the Giants, and uh, let's see if that motivates them. Prove me wrong prove me wrong this week i uh, will have two outright victories all right uh and to wrap us up today chris portente has a a money line triple header that he wants to go (laughs) with so i will put those on for you maybe this is a nice little parlay action if you wrap all three up so the big guy with the final word on today's games here he goes seahawks rams and the charges money line Okay, Seahawks are going to be a tough, tough out at home in that loud stadium against against the Saints this week. The Saints are going to go with two quarterbacks. They're going to go with uh, uh, they're going to have new wrinkles in there. They're going to have a new game plan for this new quarterback. And 
Peyton's an offensive genius and he's gonna throw these wrinkles in there, which normally would scare me, but communication is key when you have new personnel and new wrinkles in a, in a game plan, and communication is one of the toughest things to master in Seattle with that six fan and that noise level. So I think the Saints are gonna struggle, and I think the, the Seahawks are gonna beat them. Four and a half might be a little high, that's why I say take the money line. Now, as far as the charges go, I'm not big on the Chargers this year, you guys all know that, but the Texans have not beaten the Chargers since ever. I mean ever. They haven't beaten them going back to the days of leather helmets. Okay, so get on the Chargers. I like a money line because I don't have any faith in the Chargers and I, you know, I'm not real confident in them blowing out anybody this year. Okay, so take a money line, but they will beat the Texans because the Texans are not that good and the Texans never, ever beat the Chargers. Okay, and then that takes us to the Los Angeles Rams on the road in Cleveland. Okay, now this is a night game. It's a home game for Cleveland. Cleveland might be a little pumped up and they might stay in it, but Cleveland is off. Baker Mayfield is off. I think that the off-season hype and the off-season cockiness has gotten to this team. Not to mention that the Cleveland Browns offensive line is a disaster and Donaldson is going to have a field day. Okay, so take the Rams money line. The line is three and a half. But like I said, because the Browns, big, big game, pumped up, night game at home, maybe they hang around. So just to be safe, take the money line. But the Browns are not beating the Rams. Take the Rams money line and lock it up. Those are this week's plays. Happy gambling. Lock everything up. Good luck. And I'll see you guys next week. Wingfoot Sports Forever. Wingfoot Sports Forever, Chris Portente says. I absolutely love it. All right, so a couple of those games I just want to touch on really quick. Uh, first one, Greg, you, you weren't so sure about the Chargers this week as they play host to Houston. What are your thoughts on the game? Why, why some hesitation for you? Yeah, they're just, uh, they're just injured. Uh, and quite frankly, they play a lot of close games. They don't have a great home field advantage. So if I'm looking at them, the only way I would take them is money line. So I like that he's going there. Um, but I, I would rather scoop up the points in that situation. I think Houston's looked pretty good. Um, and, and the Chargers just seem to have another couple of injuries each week. So sim similar you know, situation is, is why it's tough to bet on the Eagles right now. And, uh, you know, teams that are, are getting decimated with injuries, the Chargers are one of them. And if you watch that Detroit game, uh, again, Detroit should not be undefeated. They just, every time the Chargers threatened, they just gave the game away. So just can't really trust them. Uh, if I had to take them, I would go money line, but I'd probably scoop up the points on the other end. Yeah, definitely. That field goal kicking a big problem last week oh. for uh for the Chargers. But the one thing that I look at is we talked about bad offensive line. Houston has a terrible offensive line. Deshaun Watson has been taken hit after hit already this year. I believe he's been sacked 10 times through two games. That's not something that's sustainable. And despite the turnover at the goal line, the two missed field goals, the interception by Rivers, the Chargers defense still looked good against Detroit. And I know they're missing a, a couple people again on the back end. Uh, and obviously they 
miss Derwin James. Man, you can see that from last year. But he's been out all season. I think that the defense has been solid. They're going to cause trouble for Houston. So I like going leaning towards the Chargers in that one, too. Um, again, like I said, it's a coin flip to me, but I'll go with the, the money line uh, on that. At minus three, it's a coin flip. I, at the money line, I like it with the Chargers. The other one, uh, he called him Donaldson, but we know Aaron Donald is who Chris was referring to in the Rams. Man, I didn't like anything that the Browns did Monday night against the Jets. I thought Mayfield was under pressure. They went for a couple fourth downs that they didn't get. I think that game uh, was, as I said, without that ninety, whatever it was, 89, 90-yard touchdown to, to Beckham, that game was a lot closer than the final score indicates with a bad, bad Jets team. Uh, what do you think about the Rams on Sunday Night Football? Yeah, so a little inside scoop here. Keep your eyes peeled for hashtag according to Hoyle. I am actually watching the game in Cleveland, not at the stadium, just with my my older brother and a couple of uh, <laughs> Cleveland fans. They're giving me the inside scoop. It sounds like they've got a, a couple of injuries themselves, but I am in total agreement with you. I don't think they're clicking. Joku is out. Um, you know, that certainly can't help, right? So they have not looked like they've been firing on on all cylinders. Goff is not the same quarterback on the road. We might have another Breeze and Roethlisberger fade on the road situation. That's my only slight hesitation about pulling the trigger. Uh, so that's going to be – I like the play. It would be my only my only way to go. I'm not taking the Browns. I'm not taking an overhyped Browns team. Um but this this might be another load up situation. I just want to fully understand the uh, the injury situation before I make a final decision on it. So I'll, I'll tweet that out afterwards. Um, that way we can continue the good times. There you go. And again, that line moving toward four. It's four a lot of places right now. You can still get some three and a halfs out there. All right, before we go, there was one more game that I had uh, meant to mention that I forgot there. I am going to circle the wagons with the Buffalo Bills again this week as they will be at their home opener in Buffalo taking on the Cincinnati Bengals who have their share of offensive line troubles. There's a common thread here. We're going against beat up and injured offensive lines this week. Uh, Bills will be without Singletary who has been a, a, a bright spot, young running back for them uh, so far in the first two games. So Frank Gore will get the bulk of the carries there. He scored his first touchdown I think in 20 games, which is ridiculous. The ageless wonder that he is at 30, what, six years old, I believe. So, uh, but that Buffalo defense has been very solid this season, going uh, with their first two games at on the road, on the road at MetLife Stadium. I think it's about a 45-minute plane ride for them, if that. Now they go home to Buffalo. They're playing a bad Cincinnati team who's averaging fewer than 30 yards on the ground per game so far this season. They cannot run the ball. Outside of a few bombs to John Ross, they have really, really struggled to move the ball this season. And I think against a really good Buffalo defense, that continues. Andy Dalton's going to be running for his life. Joe Mixon is not 100%. If he's playing, you got Gio Bernard, who who really is just a threat out of the backfield, not really going to carry the ball. But they've proven they cannot run the ball. Uh, it's a one-dimensional team, and I think Buffalo will take advantage at home and I say lay the six and roll with the Bills, Greg. Good with it. Got agreement here. Awesome. Wow. Look at that. That's that's a good handicap. 
Well, you don't have to say anything else afterward, and you just nail it down, and I think that's that's a great way to end it. Hey, this is week three. We got a list of winners for you out there. I'm going to recap it one more time. We say lay the point and a half with Indy. Take the points with the Ravens, plus six and a half. If you can find it, get on it because it's moving fast. We say lay the points with the Bills, minus six. We say take the points with the Giants, the Lions, the Steelers, and the under 44 in New England. That sounds like a winning ticket. Sounds like a winning day. Happy Sunday to everybody out there. For Greg Hoyle, that's hashtag according to Hoyle. Chris Portente and Joe Masiri, that's me. This is your Wingfoot Locks brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. And until next time, remember, everyone, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Have a great Sunday, everybody. Talk to you next week. Yeah.